0: Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of Being at Work. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited about today's conversation. When I first met today's guest, I had a vision for having her on this show. And then as we began to talk and she told me her story, I came to realize why. Because our guest today literally climbed the mountain one step at a time. Several years ago, she recognized that when she saw others doing amazing things, she'd think, Well, that's incredible, but she didn't believe that she could do it. So she set out to reach for the stars just for her, without any expectation. And she did so with a trip to Africa to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. It was the first thing of magnitude that she'd done for herself, and it taught her a lot about herself and her leadership. Jasmine Park is the Senior Director of Human Resources for the Indianapolis Colts. But what you really need to know about Jasmine is how today she's much more apt to ask, why not me? Listen in as we talk about putting yourself at the top of the list and doing really hard things.
1: I started out as a lot of HR professionals start out in not HR. So I graduated from Indiana University, go Hoosiers, (laughs) with a business degree, and I majored in accounting. Oh, wow. And I always have gotten the question of why accounting? And I will say for lack of knowing what else is out there is the answer and trusting my parents and family members to tell me what a safe degree was. And there's a lot of conservative mindsets of making the money that is spent for higher education go further and business and accounting just seemed safe. And I couldn't argue with that. And so. That's what I did as a good, dutiful daughter. And that's how I got started out in my career is with accounting roles. And there was a seismic shift in my life where I had to make the decision post 9 11 to put myself first. And that was a very difficult time in my life where I had to think about my career but also what I wanted and that doesn't necessarily always translate and the decision was made many years ago to return back to putting family first mm-hmm. and having a career that's fulfilling can always that will always be there mm-hmm. but not to compromise what's important to me and putting myself on the list and what I wanted at that time was Put my family first. And what I wanted out of my career was more people connections. And I have such high respect and regard for everybody in the accounting and finance world. But at that time, I decided it wasn't for me. And what fulfilled me and where I found provided me with more purpose was solving people problems and not spreadsheet problems. <laughs> and I made a very conscious decision then to pursue Human resources as a viable career for myself. And I haven't looked back since. It has been a discovery of sorts of exactly what type of industry and organization and the layout and the landscape of how to apply human resources and people operations. And it has been a journey of discovery because it wasn't like a laser focus of I know exactly what type of place I want to work. I know exactly what type of role I want to be in. But Having the grace with myself to figure out what I don't want so that I do know or get a little bit closer to what I want to do with the rest of my life. That is really the million dollar question, isn't it? Is no matter what chronological age that you are, is am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing
0: with my life? Yeah, I think we are always asking that question, aren't we? Yeah. But it sounds like at this point in your life, you woke up to that question in a big way. I
1: did. I have admired many other people for their accomplishments. And you attend conferences or events that have keynote speakers, and they're incredible. They speak to their subject matter expertise, their experiences, what led them to where they are, and I think, wow, that person has lived a life. And I walk away thinking, I don't know that I have reached that yet. It wasn't until I made that epic trip to Africa Mm. to climb and summit Mount Kilimanjaro that I realized what I was admiring in others, in their achievements and accomplishments, that I could do it myself myself. Now, how quickly I could do it, how much it would take out of me, as well as those that were supporting my journey, I didn't know. But I decided not to ever think of myself as somebody who couldn't do what I saw greatness in others doing. I could find that level of greatness within myself and not to keep things small. I always thought one step at a time would get me there. I just didn't know it would take me to actual mountaintops. (laughs)
0: I love the story because there is such a metaphor in it for certain. I mean, you actually climbed the mountain one step at a time. Yes. And I'm so curious, what led to you deciding to do that? So it sounds like you recognize in yourself this feeling of like, oh gosh, I couldn't do that. As you were listening to speakers and looking externally at people you admired, but then you realize, I'm going to try it. I'm going to put myself out there and just see So, what led you to Africa? What led you to Mount Kilimanjaro? I happened to see
1: a celebrity that was a normal, I would say middle aged woman who, during her downtime, decided that she was going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I remember thinking, oh, wow, just to look at her, she doesn't look extraordinarily physically fit. Mm. I know she's a great public figure. Obviously, I don't know her as a person. But I remember thinking, by all accounts, outside of her day job, she seems like an average person in capabilities. And if she could do it and truly reach mountaintops, why can't I? Outside of the obvious logistical time, money, outside of those two hurdles, why can't I also climb mountain? And if you don't know anything about Mount Kilimanjaro, it is the everyman's mountain in the sense that it is the only one of the seven summits that don't have to have mountaineering skills. So let me preface it by saying that. But at the same time, it is physically and emotionally yeah. a journey and I'm not diminishing the accomplishment, but the decision that I made was a very significant one in if she could do it, why can't yeah. I do it?
0: Well, given what it took to get you there, I want to connect it back to what you were saying earlier about putting yourself on the list because you knew it was going to be a commitment. That also had to be an emotional accomplishment. Just being willing to say, I'm going to do this. That's a big thing. It really was. And it was the first time I ever put myself first. I can only speak
1: to we as women. It's very easy for us to help others. We will... At a drop of a hat or a phone call away from being there for others that need us. And it doesn't feel like we are doing anything other than the natural extension of we do care about those that are in our lives. But I am also guilty of not putting myself on the list until it gets to a point where impacting my health overall negatively. And then I know I've let it go too far. And then I take the remediatory steps to. Get back in a good place, but I have never done anything so much that I would literally put everything on pause as far as responsibilities to make this happen for me. And believe me when I say it felt selfish at the time, mm. but I wanted this for myself at mm. that point in my life.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. For how long did you have to push pause? What was that time frame? So I took
1: advantage of a break in between jobs because I'm a working professional and a trip across the world takes some time. I was planning this trip in between jobs and the planning of it was a few months because once I set my mind to it, I said to myself, make this happen. (laughs) I had a little bit of luck in knowing that there was going to be a transition in my professional career, stepping away for a solid chunk of time. This is the first time I'd ever done that and planning a trip across the world is no small endeavor and as somebody who is well-traveled I will say that it was daunting to make sure all my I's were dotted and T's were crossed to make that trek and it was a trek I will notably say that I made by myself it was my first solo trip and it was a logistical hurdle for sure but definitely worth it Once my feet were on African soil,
0: then I could breathe. What impact did the doing it by yourself have on the experience?
1: I have always been somebody who is probably a little bit too independent, but I've always had a lot of responsibility in my life as well. So putting myself first is not a natural inclination for me, but it is definitely a learned behavior of seeing life in a different Mm. way of letting go of that which feels selfish is actually living your best life and why wait why can't it be you that enjoys or benefits from whatever it is that is your
0: passion or things that just make you happy well, and it feels like that is a natural byproduct of you always putting others first. Of course, selfishness would be a feeling that you would feel when you choose not to do that. How did you navigate through that? Because clearly you went ahead and you did it, and now you say it is a pivotal moment in your life. So, how did you navigate? And what advice would you give to others for how do you navigate that selfishness?
1: The questions that you have to ask yourself is who is this serving by watching this? And if the answer is, yourself. What is this going to do to make me be a better version of myself? How do I see this as the part of what it is to be alive? Mm. Everybody has purpose. And whatever that purpose is, it should include fun. That's what life should be. And sometimes I think we get caught up in the accomplishments and the caregiving and the putting oneself first and canceling the selfishness part of that. It's a habit like anything else. Take the small steps to say, hey, you know, don't feel guilty because you have that self-care appointment and it conflicts with another meeting and it is not selfish. It is not you being irresponsible. Do the things that provide you joy and makes you feel fulfilled. And that may or may not translate into a professional work environment. So I want to be able to address that. It is your life and nobody else is to judge. So letting go of the selfless mindset is, no, actually that which makes you feel selfish should probably be the things that are going to give you joy Mm -hmm. and then give you back what you need to best serve others. Amen to that. Yes, absolutely. And for me, summiting a mountaintop Is just symbolic of putting myself first, reaching high, thinking big, and saying to myself, hey, why not me? I might not come across as somebody who can achieve great things, but you watch me. And that's what you have to think to yourself. It doesn't have to happen every day, but put yourself first and great things will come. Consistently putting yourself out there for others. You have room for that. The people either ask it of you or expect it of you. It's a part of life.
0: Just in the little snippets I get of your leadership, you are a very patient person. You strike me as someone who knows, and perhaps it's this big life lesson that really helped to reinforce that for you, but you do the right things and it may not come back immediately but it will it is going to show up at some point you're consistently doing the right things with integrity i see that in your leadership
1: thank you for that i will say that the one thing that you pointed out has served me very well and very consistently it hasn't been a reach for me because i will say i was probably blessed with it from my own mother and her leading by example is i am a very patient person And I don't know that we live in a world today where patience is considered a virtue or a part of being a good leader, but I know it is within me. And I am where I am today, so mountaintops or not, because I have always been a patient individual and I do have grace for myself in figuring things out in my own time, but being very consistent in
0: being there for others and now being there for myself. Well, and no doubt that strength served you well on this journey to summit Mount Kilimanjaro, I suspect. So tell us about that, the physical climbing the mountain and the one step at a time.
1: Oh my gosh, it was incredible. So as you can imagine, just the geography and the landscape of making that journey up to summit the mountaintop is stunning. You actually... Trek through five ecosystems that are markedly different. And that was amazing as somebody who loves, admires, and appreciates nature. That was a huge part of the draw for me. Also, being able to spend a solid chunk of time, about two weeks, just taking in the culture of Africa and Pacific to Tanzania and learning about how other people live on this earth in an environment in a location that was completely different than anything that I have ever experienced to date. So that was absolutely incredible. And the actual journey up the mountain Mm. in and of itself was slow, measured, specific. We enjoyed ourselves during the process. There was no rushing to the end because climbing mountains also require you to acclimize yourself to the Height of the mountain. And so it was very purposeful in taking your time. And so there's an inherent lesson there of sometimes I find myself, as many others, rushing to get things done. And on a mountaintop and a mountainside, rushing doesn't actually help you get to the top.
0: Like physically, you can't do that. You
1: physically can't. Mm -hmm. And there's purposefulness in measured progress. So The journey through the different milestones on the side of the mountain as you're progressing your way up to the top, in my case, with others in my group, and getting to know the people that were of like mind, of wanting this milestone as a part of their lives, being with some of the guides that had done it time and time again, who literally said to me, If you feel like you're going to die, know that you won't. You will survive this. But as much as you're willing to put up with the physical discomforts and pain, you too will be able to summit this mountain. And I'll never forget that. Pain is relative. And I'm a very high tolerance for pain. And so there were times when I thought I was taking two steps forward and three steps back, but I did have. Very encouraging people around me who were in the same boat. And we
0: were encouraging each other. We finally made it to the top. And I can imagine just that feeling of, I did that. I have to go back to that. If you feel like you're going to die, know that you won't. (laughs) I think that's such a simple, brilliant thing for that guy to have said to you. But I suspect you know you can endure anything. The confidence that that must have given you literal,
1: you won't die, but you'll feel like it and to have lived through it and conquered it. I will share with this experience, you do have to have a baseline level of physical fitness. I don't want that to go without saying, but at the same time, from my experience, I will share that the emotional, mental difficulty and stress of, I can't do this, far exceeded the physical pain of climbing the side of a mountain to reach its summit. Yeah. Because how long did it take you in total? So overall, it took three days just because of the progress being very specific to getting to the top and still being able to breathe. But I will say that on summit day, in and of itself, we woke up at midnight. So it's a day with the purpose of getting to the summit at sunrise. And it still took us about eight hours. And you were exhausted, no doubt. No doubt. But here's the thing about adrenaline. Uh, Once I actually physically saw the summit, it was mine for the taking. But I will say, feeling like you can barely breathe, but knowing that you put yourself in this position to overcome, after being told you will not die, but you'll feel like it, that's what I knew, okay, if I can mentally get over and find the strength to keep going yeah. and get my mind over the physical stress of, of making this trip
0: and cementing this mountain, it'll be all worth it. Yeah, because I suspect there are people that turn back that decide not to, right? Oh my gosh, it is actually a very funny
1: true story. So I apparently didn't do all the research I needed to do because I thought there was just one summit. And so what I didn't realize is there are actually now three summit markers on this mountain. And when you make the first one, you will be allowed to say you've summited Mount Kilimanjaro. Okay. But there are actually two more. And either I didn't ask the questions or maybe I just subconsciously didn't want to know. (laughs) (laughs) But <laughs> we reached the first of the three stomachs, and then I hear my guide going, Okay, everybody ready now? Let's move on. And he points off into another direction, and he's pointing to this far-off other area where to get there there's ice and it looks quite dangerous. And we up to that point hadn't traversed over ice yet. And I said, oh, hey, where are we going? And that's when they told me that, well, you know, we consider this a great achievement, but actual highest point is over there.
0: What? (laughs) So did you go? (laughs) Of course I did. Of course you did. (laughs) You did all three? I did. I did. Are you glad you didn't know or really would you have wanted to know? So... In retrospect, I'm glad I didn't know
1: because it was tremendously arduous. And in that moment of, oh, my gosh, I made it. If I had to dwell on, I did, but I really didn't. It almost felt like a cop out. But I think they do do that because it is a very difficult journey. And they want people to feel that they have succeeded in reaching that first
0: summit. But I'm actually glad I didn't know. Yeah. And it's so consistent with this theme of why not me? Because it's like life was saying, okay, you can do hard things, but I know you can do even harder things. Let's keep Mm -hmm. going. And -hmm. you did two more times. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like as difficult as it is physically
1: and mentally to summit any mountain, it also doesn't allow room for failure because not overly dramatic, but failure could be death. Right. I was the one that signed myself up for it. Mm -hmm. So the lesson there was I can survive the short-term pains for the gain of having that accomplishment and drawing on
0: what it took to get there. So good. Well, and you talked earlier about how measured it was and when my husband and I, not Mount Kilimanjaro, but we did a 14-er in Colorado a few years ago, and I can relate That's to great. a lot of what you're saying, but the precision with which, I've never felt more alive because I had to be fully present.
1: So you know that you can't cut corners, Mm-mm. that you just have to keep going, and each step is a small step. And I don't know about where you were in Colorado, but there were certain aspects of geography on the side of Kilimanjaro where they call it scree, where it's essentially loose gravel and you are climbing up steps just to slide down a half step. So in that section of the mountain side, every two steps you took up, you slid down a half step or even a full step. Oh my God. And this is after six, seven hours of upward climbing. And so the mental strength that it takes to keep going when you're literally physically moving forward and also then sliding back, those are the lessons that I've learned physically being challenged. I'm going up a mountainside into my everyday, even now, years later, I draw on that experience so much of... My mental fortitude on just life in general can be difficult. This was before the pandemic. So just being able to draw on, it can be hard. Some of the things that are within your control and some aren't, but this too shall pass. And once you overcome, you'll be able to reap the benefits. So put yourself first, put yourself out there, do it for you.
0: Yes. And the impact of that is huge as it is in this case. The other big takeaway for me is certainly that, which you just said, putting yourself on the list, which you did, because that's step one, right? You have to make a commitment to yourself. And in this case, you went big with the commitment. (laughs) And then the second thing is, it's such a reminder of our ability to do much harder things than we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. And just the fortitude and the strength that this has created within you. I just think that's mm-hmm. so cool. What did the guide say? If you feel like you're going to die, no, but you will yeah. So the next time, Jasmine, that I'm feeling awful, I'm running the mini in a couple of weeks. And so no doubt, there's going to be a moment during that run when I'm going to feel like I'm going to die, but I'm going to hear your guide in my head. Nope, not going to die. You've done this before. You can do it. Yes. Every step, no matter
1: how small matters. Yeah. So whatever it is that you want to put first for yourself. It doesn't have to be big. You don't have to climb mountaintops and travel across the world. But I'm sure there are things that you want to do for yourself that you've historically said, well, I don't have time for that, or I don't have the means for that, or something that will prevent you from doing something that you just want for yourself. Yeah, and so good. I just want everyone to not feel like it's selfish. And it is a part of the life that you want to build for yourself putting yourself first puts you in a better place to be there for others it's nice to be reminded by others but at the same
0: time i just want everybody to remind yourselves you deserve it yes you deserve it thank you for reminding us of that today i'm so grateful for your story it's such a good lesson thank you jasmine our listeners want to connect with you what's the best place to do that
1: Please reach out on LinkedIn. You can find me at J A P A R K 03707 or just put in my name, Jasmine Park. And I believe there are still a handful of Jasmine Parks out there. But the only Jasmine
0: Park with the Indianapolis Colts. That's for sure. That is correct. Yes. Awesome. Yes. And while it's really cool that you work for the Colts because there's a lot of Colts fans, no doubt, that are listening to this. I think your story is even way cooler than that. So thank you. Thank you for giving us just a peek inside of you and who you are and what drives your leadership philosophy.
1: Thank you for having this podcast as an opportunity for some of us to share our stories. And if anybody thought the content was interesting, they haven't heard the best of yet to come with the podcast that you are leading us. And I'm grateful for you having us chat today and look forward to many more podcasts coming out of your camp.
0: (laughs) Thank you, my friend. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.